trying to decide if I should bring Mario up or not. I think I'll bring him up. Seems right now I'm the only person on stage. Mario, no, what's going I'm, on? I'm right here, How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? You said you're sleep deprived. What's going on? Extremely sleep deprived. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm just, I'm starting to get a normal sleep schedule, but it feels like I'm jet lagged. So instead of going to bed at 10 a.m. my time, I'm waking up at 10 a.m. my time. Um, So I'm just getting used to that. How's your, how's your weekend? You were telling me about it offline. It's a pretty cool weekend. Family man weekend. It was was my first uh, weekend as a dance, dance dad. Took my kid, took my eight year old daughter to her first uh, dance competition. In Orlando, it was a uh, ten minutes of it was great. The rest of it was relatively brutal, as you would I expect. Saw, I, I saw the I saw the photos. Adorable, adorable. Dude. Yeah, it did, did really well. Very proud of her. So it was fun to watch. But uh, four, no, kids, Ryan, you know, four people stuffed in a hotel room. You know, you were a dancer, Ryan, man. You're a dance competition guy. Yeah, bro. You got to take me out dancing one day. Bro, you Ryan haven't even you, you came. Dancing. You both came to Dubai and you both, we don't get to see each other. I think Miss Ran and David were meant to meet me and uh, we missed each other. I think you were too late. He was too late. And then yeah, you, you didn't even, I, you didn't even bother. Well, I, had to, well, I had to play golf and you're, I had to play golf and your apartment is uh, right above the golf course. So at least I could give you the finger from down. The, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude. Um, but Ryan was, um, well, didn't you come to the Satoshi Roundtable, by the way? Yeah, that why was, did so you come? That time that I was there was a year ago, so we weren't even actually working together back back then. But um, yeah, but why did you come? I had the one around? time we were going to meet at the airport, and I was on a layover, but I got uh, my. Uh, look, I try to, I try to, I try to forget about that day. Why, why did you come this time around to Satoshi? Oh yeah, just had a few things to deal with. I forgot. Yeah, honestly, cool. it was yeah dealing, dealing with family stuff. Yep. Cool. Wow, ERC four hundred four. Please tell us, Scott. <laughs> I just see a bunch of people connecting and requesting. So it's and Rand connecting. So just kind of hoping we can get everybody actually on stage here first and talk about it because I'm the last person who's going to break down the ERC for yeah. debate. Rand is exceptionally, uh, I think, up on this. And we have some speakers that are as well. I'm here. There's a project. There's a there's a project called Pandora. It did a twelve thousand uh, percent pump in this yes, February. I- I think it's a bad strategy to buy these projects because the first vintage of projects, this is like buying the first NFT collection. They never, ever are the ones that last. So I think unless you can trade out of it really, really, really quickly, I think it's a bad strategy to buy these collections. I think you buy the picks and shovels, you avoid the collections. Oh, so Ryan, since you're, or maybe before getting into ERC 404, um, maybe a quick overview on the markets, guys. I haven't had a chance to look at them for the last... 36 hours. Oh, so you never caught the crash. Why we crash? Everyone seems to be in a good mood, so I'm guessing there is no crash because if there is a crash, everyone will be complaining in the groups. No, there is no, there is no crash. Uh, I think that Bitcoin's had a great run. Altcoins still have to catch up. If you want to, uh, it's what I covered on my show today is like, I think that if, if Bitcoin carries on running, then altcoins need to get a massive, massive catch up, right? But the reality is that if you look at this Bitcoin price, we're now at the top end of the head and shoulders pattern, the inverse head and shoulders pattern, which played out. We're at the 2022 highs. We've just captured the 2020, 2022 highs and the 2023, sorry, 2024 highs. So this is like a very, very, very key level to break. I don't know if Bitcoin can break this level uh, very quickly. If it does, then what happens is you know, we could probably go into, we could probably go into like a 50,000 50, plus. And then, you know, the, the headlines of 50,000 plus with the new ETFs in the market, I think they could like give us a lot of momentum. You know, it's like, would, you remember like these buyers that are buying the ETF now, that would have accessed the ETF now. I don't think they've ever experienced a real Bitcoin rally. Um, they don't know how fast things start running. You start getting all the headlines. Bitcoin just broke 50,000. Bitcoin just broke 50,000. So I think we get some kind of run. I think if that happens, I think old coins have got a long way to go still to catch up to Bitcoin. So that's kind of like what I did my show. The, the, the ETF numbers are looking good as well, guys. I'm not sure if you covered them in your show, Scott or Ryan. I was looking at our, at our back channels. The total net inflow of Bitcoin spot ETFs was 541 million, which has been net, uh, net inflows for seven consecutive days. But that yeah. 449 million was, was, yeah, it was February 9th. So it was, what's today? It was three days ago. Yeah, uh, so Friday. Yeah, they're they're absolutely crushing. Ibit, uh, Black, BlackRock is at four point two eight billion market cap. 
Fidelity at 3.6. Actually, GBTC now at 22.8, so it actually rose a bit from what I'm seeing here. Bitwise, 883 million. ARC now over a billion. I mean, these are objectively a massive success at this point, both in a vacuum, I think, and compared to other ETFs. And what's interesting now is that we sort of had the argument at the beginning that it was outflows from GBTC that were probably the washing machine back into BlackRock and Fidelity and the others. But now, Grayscale on a daily volume basis, much, much smaller than both Fidelity and BlackRock. So this seems to be more organic inflows. And, and if you can see, you know, Dave Weisberger, I don't know if he's around. Uh, he was on my show this morning. Obviously, he owns coin routes and watched very closely the ratio between, you know, spot and derivative trading. And this is a very, very heavily spot driven rally, even on this move all the way up from, you know, the mid 40s to almost 49 here. It's almost no liquidations. I mean, this is real spot buying. And presumably that's largely, you know, on behalf of the ETF. Uh, Ryan, anything to add? There's, I'm just looking at the news as well. There's. Uh, so, uh, I I'm not sure if you can hear me or someone. Is it either me or Rana cutting off? But the New York Attorney General has tripled as the estimate. Oh, you're back. Go ahead, Ron. But I was going to say the New York Attorney General tripled estimated size of alleged fraud in case against DCG. I'm not sure if you read that as well, Scott. Yeah, that, was was probably week, yeah. that was last week. That was last week. Yeah. Um, I did a. I did a. I based on our discussion last week. I don't know if you remember where um, they they said that the best return was actually to just hold Bitcoin. And then I, uh, I think someone was on the, on the spaces and he said that none of the funds have actually outperformed Bitcoin. It was Brian you know. Estes. Yeah. Brian Estes. Yeah. So, so I went and did the, I went and did the analysis actually, because, um, uh, just to see what happened. And I, I think that he's, he, he's half right. So if you would have invested in Bitcoin anytime from 2011 to 2018, then I'm going to take, then I'm going to concede that probably none of the funds, not none of the funds, but probably most of the funds haven't been able to outperform Bitcoin. And that is because in 2011, if you would have invested in 2011 to today, you would have, you would have got 90,000 extra turn. In 2012, you would have got 9,000 extra turn. In 2013, you would have got 2,350 extra turn. In 2014, 60 extra turn. 2015, you would have got 150 extra turn. In 2016, you would have got 110 extra turn. In 2017, you would have got a 50 extra turn. In 2018, you got a 34 extra turn. But then it goes, then it comes down a lot. And if you would have invested in 2019, you would have made a 12 extra turn. In 2020, you would have made a 5 extra turn. In 2021, you would have made a 1.4 extra turn. 2022, a 1 extra turn. And then a two extra turn in 2023, and we're obviously in 2024 at the moment. So I'll, I will post this on my Twitter in a few minutes, just I only did it now. And so the conclusion that I came to said that anybody that would have invested in Bitcoin anytime before 2018 probably got in in the early days. And anytime after 2018, it feels like the, the extreme returns for, for Bitcoin are finished. Well, that's what the, the, the table is showing us. So if you know, it's very easy for someone who's been in this market since before 2017 to say the best strategy is just to hold Bitcoin. But if you look at it in the last five years, that wasn't the best strategy at all. I think, and I think you just made a very important point. And there's something that I was actually arguing with Mike McGlone sort of uh, on, on my show this morning is that everybody makes these sort of blanket statements without attaching a time frame to, to them. Because Mike Mike made the point, he said, S&P is at all-time highs. Bitcoin is lagging massively because Bitcoin's all-time high was 69K and now we're at 49. And I said, well, that's just cherry picking from the deadest all-time high that Bitcoin ever had. If you go to the bottom of both of them, Bitcoin is wildly outperformed, right? And so I think it just sort of lends the idea that when we say things like, you would have done better in this, or you would have done better in that, or you should be in this. It has to be attached to a time frame. It didn't, can't just be a sweeping sort of statement like that because you're absolutely. The, the debate we had on Friday was uh, from 2019. So Rand's, I think Rand, what you should do in your show tomorrow is like get that clip, get your team to get that clip from the space, mm. 
where you and him bat, went back and forth mm. and then break it down maybe in tomorrow's show if there's not much. But right. It also matters because, yeah, what I think day the you bought. It was from 2019. Yeah, but it also matters what day you bought in 2019 and what altcoins you're in, right? So that you just can't make these sort of sweeping statements. I mean, there are things that went to effectively zero. Yeah, but when, what, what, yeah true, true, true. But you could just get the, the you know top five, top 10 VC funds and, and then use yeah. them as a benchmark um, on that front. And then what day just choose a fucking day. I think it doesn't matter. Just, we'll, we'll get to average out the, 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 the period. So now we have somebody um, actually explain what ERC-404 is. Rand, you explained it obviously actually pretty yeah, well last so, week. So before, before you do, I'm just going to mention one piece of news on that and then I'll shut up and listen and learn. Um, Scott, I'll let you ask the questions and debate them. But um, so, so CoinGecko put out an article um, in the last 24 hours, the ERC-404 sector has seen a significant decline with the overall market cap falling by 30%. So Pandora has dropped, it dropped what, 15%? Defrogs, never heard of that. 22% rug <laughs> dropped 40%, would deserve it. Anyone that invests in something called rug, <laughs> I'm sorry, but don't be surprised. Um, but it says ERC-404 is an experimental standard on Ethereum that mixes ERC-20 and 721. And it is not yet part of the final Ethereum, improve, Ethereum improvement proposal standard, so the, the EIP standard category. So that was uh, put out, I think, yesterday by CoinGecko. Uh, but Ryan, you gave us a great overview la uh, last week. So uh, maybe give that to the, to the, to the audience and panel. Uh, just jump in, Robert, Jason, DB, Billo, Huda, and uh, Henry. Oh, I've got a pretty full panel. Bunch of NST, NFT. We know we're in a bull market, Scott. We've got a bunch of NFT and more... Uh, uh, Where are the people's stage, faces? So, so. <laughs> yeah, that's good news. I like when we have uh, penguins on stage. We've got Naveen here. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, so maybe Ryan, you want to give us that overview about ERC-404? Yeah, I mean, ERC-404 is a new token standard on Ethereum. What it does is it mixes a fungible token, which is a normal ERC-20 token, with a non-fungible token, which is an NFT. So you can, if you think about an NFT as a, as a, as a, as a photo of a punk or as a picture of a punk. Imagine that every time you buy a punk, it comes with a normal token associated with it. And as soon as you start selling off parts of the normal token, the punk, you could say, disappears. And as long as you can buy a full token, a punk will put itself together. So it's a new standard for NFTs, which allows you to subdivide NFTs and to trade uh, and to almost, you know, um, to subdivide NFTs, and uh, it's it's a relatively new token standard. Um, I think that yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's a it allows people to to uh, subdivide NFTs, which creates a lot more use cases. We started speaking about the potential use cases last week on one of our spaces. Um, a lot of people ape into some collections, Pandora, Pandora, Defrogs. I always say, don't ape into the collections. If you can ape into a protocol, ape into a protocol. If you want, if you ape into the, the, the picks and shovels, you can ape into the picks and shovels. But I mean, aping into collections, collections come and collections go. And I'm not a big fan of trying to time uh, these collections. I think with that, I'm going to hand it back to Scott. Well, we got a few people raising their hand very quickly. Is it below or below? I'm sorry, I don't mean to. Uh, either one. To either one's good. Either one's good. It's below, but it's fine. Hey, guys, how's everybody doing? Thank you for inviting me up to speak. Below, long, long, yeah, long it's time, been a while. Been the <laughs> It's been good. Yeah. Good, yeah. So yeah, Rand's, um, Rand's explanation, nice, nice, simple, exactly what it is. One question that comes to mind for NFT collections for me at least is, so you have a token and this comes with an NFT. So what happens when you, um, start to sell off that token is you lose the NFT, like, like Rand mentioned. But then if you go back and you own a full token, you get back an NFT, but it's not the same NFT you had. So it's a randomly generated NFT. So now I'm just wondering, where does the rarity come into place? And now is there an infinite collection of NFTs tied to this collection? And I find this becomes less appealing to collectors because if there is an infinite amount of NFTs that are randomly generated, one of the biggest things that most collectors, I would say, want is rarity. So not sure how that's handled. I think the 404 standard is good. I think it's going to be good for something like RWA, where uh, you know you can own uh, an NFT which represents, let's say, an apartment in New York. And if you sell parts of it, well, you don't own that whole apartment. But if you do have the whole token, you own the whole apartment. I could see that being useful, but I'm not sure how it's going to do in the NFT space. I'll, tell you, 
I'll tell you quickly, okay. Rand. I just want to say really quickly, Bitcoin did just break forty nine thousand. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And I think is now trading at the highest price since January twenty two. So yep, over two yep. years. Yeah, we can talk about Bitcoin later if you guys want. We'd love to. Yeah, sorry, I didn't. I just thought that that was breaking enough. Go ahead. No, no, it's good. So, so um, let me let's say the following. Number one, I agree with you very much on the collectibles. But I do think that it adds another dimension to collectibles, which is actually maybe even more fun than buying something with rare traits. And that is um, being able to, to spin up a new version of it with potentially more or different traits. So, you know, sometimes, let me give you an example. You're looking at it as somebody who has the, the, the real, the rare trait. What happens if I buy a very generic crypto punk? And what happens is, you know, it's got very generic features. And all of a sudden, what I do, what happens is now I've got a chance to unwind it and, and, and almost take a lucky draw for something better, right? So that's one, one thing of it. I think the other thing that we need to think about it is something very different. I think all too often what we try and do is we try and take new technologies and try and force fit them into some paradigm that we already understand, right? So we already understand nfts with different rarities and we're trying to take something that is an improvement on nfts and say well how does this work with new rarities so i don't know exactly what the use cases are going to be but i thought of similar use cases where you've got something like and i, and I use the word something like um something like special um uh, uh, let's call it shareholders with um, similar agendas on a cap table, which will then allow specific shares with voting pools to disintegrate and form new shares with new voting pools based on, on, on uh, topics. So I don't know, I'll give you one example. Uh, if you have one share block for D DEI voters and then all of a sudden that one disintegrates and becomes a different uh, a different kind of uh, of share pool. So I think, you know, and I don't know exactly how that would work. I mean, I, know, I don't know what the use cases are going to be. I'm just saying, I think the biggest mistake that we can do is say, oh, we understand how this tech works and we understand how this new tech will fit without actually trying to understand that maybe what's being created here is a completely, completely, completely new use case. Just quickly, Ryan, your audio before before we go to the panel, we'll go to Jason and, and Huda and DB. Your audio is not the best. Yeah. Not sure if you can improve it. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure um, you know. Uh, uh, Track has been uh, re requesting to um, uh, to speak as well. He, he's he's actually one of the speakers that I'll be invited. But um, yeah, he's up you guys now. Are working on. Okay, cool. So so um, I have a bit of different perspective on things because um, I understand that we can all define what you know four four is and what it does. That to me is probably um, uh, more interesting in the sense that uh, I'm, I'm investing a lot more in the Orno space. Uh, and for those who are not familiar with the Orno space, I think a big part of uh, why 404 is so popular today is because um, of, of Ornos in general. If you look at Ornos today, uh, inscriptions has been by far the most popular thing that happened to Bitcoin in the last two years, uh, other than price, of course, right? Um, but in terms of actual innovation, you know, Rand mentioned about building a protocol. He likes investing in protocols. There's a bunch of protocols that's that's being built on uh, on Bitcoin today. There's like the Solana of Bitcoin. There's like Dogecoin of Bitcoin. There's like Ethereum of Bitcoin. All kind of like built around this, um, you know, Orno's uh, Orno's protocol. Um, and one of the things that enable that's really really interesting about this and how this is correlated to 404 is that it shares the same characteristic, which is you can either be a fungible token or it can be a non-fungible token. Um, so for example, if, if let's say, for example, I ask, um, and this is very, very obvious. Uh, if, if I ask the Asian community, what's your favorite inscription? Um, they're going to, they're going to give me a bunch of shit coin. They're going to be like, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be like Sane, Turk, uh, it's going to be like animal tokens. Um, and these are all right responses. They're all inscriptions. And, but then they're treated like fungible tokens and they're traded on a lot of changes. Uh, but ask the same question to a Western community, uh, what is your favorite inscription? They'll give me a bunch of digital art. Um, and so what, what I've learned from this is that, um, um, is that 404 is became really, really popular, not because of the innovation itself, because this is basically from Ornals, from Bitcoin, but because the timing was incredible, right? Like people wanted to find innovation in Ethereum, but they couldn't find something that they try to 
they, they have something called Efscription, um, which is basically to try to do the same thing with inscriptions, but on Ethereum. That kind of worked, but it wasn't really, really hot compared to like Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin had, um, you know, some of the uh, recent tokens on Ornodes are all like well over a billion uh, dollar market cap. Um, and um, I think what what's interesting about 404 is that they pick up this narrative and like, hey, we could become like, you know, the next Ordi or like the next Sat or the next Rat. Um, but they don't, but they, they don't really um, define it. Uh, in a way that that kind of follows the Ethereum standard, which is uh, anyone who kind of like been following with Ethereum, the history of Ethereum, there's so many standards out there. It's incredibly hard to push standards. I've personally been looking into investing in something called 6551, which is more like a bundler where you can have an NFT that launched uh, ERC20 tokens. And even that is incredibly hard to sell in the market. Um, they have way, they we have a lot more VCs backing it, a lot more projects building on it. Uh, and it's been for years and it's still kind of like just halfway there. And so um, the fact that like 404 didn't go with the traditional route of like being vetted by Ethereum Foundation and all that kind of shows that they're trying to build hype, right? Just this is why like I think like, you know, what web 12x and then it's like down like, you know, 30%. And, and for people who've been trading inscriptions, like 12x is nothing. Like, you know, like a couple of months ago, if you're trading any inscription, you would have made 20x easily. Um, so it's like, it's like again, it's it's following the narrative. I think it's just an amplified version of uh, of what what's have happened in, in Bitcoin inscriptions. But I, I think the best person here to kind of share about this is the founder, the founder of an actual protocol that's building on Bitcoin, which is uh, Benny, who he, he goes by the name Track. Track, you're there. We'd love to get you. Hey everyone, how are you doing? Good man. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm. To be honest, I, I just got the news about uh, BSC um four four like just recently, and just like I wanted wanted to to add to what what Jason said. Uh, I'm I'm under I'm, I'm under the impression, like strongly under the impression that, and and that kind of like um gave me some sort of chills because I I I, I literally came from the Eve space, like um to be honest, like really like um kind of um. Uh, let's say uh, disappointed of the lack of innovations that happened, especially for the, the NFT craze back then, because everything was about PFPs, right? Just just PFPs, and um, at least for the for the vast majority of of what what, what has been released. And it's really cool to see uh, that 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 there are people coming out and say, you know what, um, I have this great idea. The timing is right uh, now. Uh, let's let's do that because. Back then, there were similar solutions um, uh, for, for for that already. I was among like one of those, right? Who did um, literal NFT um, um, uh, fractionalization and stuff like that. But the time was not right, and I have the, the strong feeling that because of all the innovation that happened, especially in the last twelve months, um, that is kind of bleeding into you know into to other communities, other chains, right? And and not caring about that much anymore about. Ah, yeah. Do do I really need to uh, have an um, uh, confirmed um, uh, EIP and uh, before I can successful with that? No, just you know, let's just try it out, exper experiment with that, solve problems, right? And it's really cool to see that this is actually happening uh, outside of, of of the Bitcoin box, of the Ordinals box, right? It's it's really cool. To attract see. what problems? But but track, track, just guys, what what problem is ERC four hundred four fixing? Like, where are the use cases beyond just projects pumping because it's, it's like the new cool sexy thing? Um, well, but when um, I, I was developing a, a few months a few months ago, I was developing and creating a Pi protocol, yeah, um, for for Bitcoin, and um, um, I, I was more looking at uh, um, at, at that approach that BSC for uh, sorry that uh, ERP four 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 is like approaching. Uh, namely the fractionalization so um it, it's it's a lot it, from my point of view it's a lot about efficiency right so um when when you and and additions especially right and and use cases utility um so um i believe um that this this opens the door basically to to go beyond you know like like collectibles right but but rather about uh, sharing assets um uh you know I don't, I don't, I, 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 look, I, I just don't, maybe it's just me. I just don't get the actual use case. I get, hey, yeah, you fractionalize an NFT, you sell it. Yeah, yeah, like you said, you get it, you fractionalize an NFT, now it's tokenized, you own the token, you own the NFT, but if you own half a token, 
and then you sell it, you get another random NFT. Uh, maybe Huda, if you could jump in and, and sorry to interrupt your track because right. I see a lot of hands up. That's the reason I jumped in. Huda and, and Henry, beyond PFPs, <laughs> what, can you just tell us why does ERC-404 matter? That's a good question. If it doesn't matter, that's fine. I don't mind if it doesn't matter. I don't mind if it's just the next hype thing that people can make whatever X is on. The audience, I'm sure, will be happy making money without actual use cases. We're in crypto. But is there use cases beyond that? I, I think there will be. Right now, I look at it as another tool in the tool belt. So it, while it's not necessarily an innovation, it is an iteration. It is getting you quicker liquidity. I do think it adds some fun to the trait game. And I mean, maybe there is some actual building you can do there. Building access and perks around specific traits and then all of a sudden you can re-roll that collection maybe you can roll yourself into one i don't think that's a game changer though maybe in the hands of artists we actually see this pushed a little further i'd love to see what someone like jack butcher could do with it um so again i think we need to think of this you know maybe smaller terms at least for right now it is very new you, and it you, doesn't can, do again anything that is brand can you could it, can you okay can you exactly can you, because the whole fractionalization of a punk has existed exactly. for a while and we we're looking at doing it a while ago. So I just don't get what this, so can you just explain to me again? I know Ryan's already explained it and uh, my coffee just kicked in. So I'm, I'm sleep deprived with coffee now. So if you can explain to me again for new audience members that joined, how does it work? How does the token and the energy, how do they relate to each other? What happens when you buy a full token? What happens when you sell half right. of that token? What happens when you sell the entire token? Yeah, yeah, and while I'm not a dev, I can give you like the TLDR on it, but basically you're minting your ERC-404. It is giving you an ERC-20, which is a crypto, right? It's also giving you an ERC-721, so you're getting an NFT. When So, so just for the audience, ERC-20 is just a fungible token, any fungible token, either any project token, and ERC-721 is an NFT. So you get both. When you mint it, when you, when you mint it on the ERC 404, when you mint um, an NFT, you get both the token and the NFT. Yeah, that, that is my understanding. But where it's interesting, you sell that crypto, right? The fungible token, your NFT goes bye bye, right? That gets sent to the burn address, I'm assuming here. You go buy a full token, you go buy that crypto, all of a sudden you have a newly minted NFT. So, like that Pandora collection you mentioned, the supply of that collection whether it started at 10K or whatever, it's up to almost 30K now. So we're just getting NFTs re-rolled and re-rolled and re-rolled, which is super, super interesting. But I don't get it. But, 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 but this is weird because, so does that mean, I'm just trying to, does that mean the collection, could, will it continue increasing? Yes. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, these collections have no cap on it. I'm sure somebody could build that in, but these are infinite supply collections. Yes. This is, making, this is making my brain hurt, Mario. Now think of this. Yeah, yeah, but I want to. There has to be a cap hurt. on this it is... because they are linked to a set number of the crypto, right? So, so maybe there's only ten thousand. Yeah, that exactly. I'm trying to see. Yeah, like DB DB crypto. How could they be no cap on it? So if I sell the token, the NFT gets burnt. But then if I buy the token, I get a newly minted NFT. So it's equally the number that shouldn't be infinite, no? Yeah, like you said, there is a cap. I believe it's tied to the, the token. Just DB? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alright, your mic isn't working, Henry. Yeah, I, I, could, I, I could hear I him. Hear him uh, I, can't, maybe. Okay. Uh, I can't hear him, but I need to hear him because I asked the question. Let me bring it down. Henry, you take this one. I'll bring DB crypto back up because I couldn't hear him. Yeah. Um, DB, I've just sent you through an invite. Yeah. yeah. You, can you answer that question? No, you know what? Probably it's, it's, potentially not as good as DB can. Uh, I believe that it is linked to a, ma a, a maximum quantity of NFTs, but I think because it can be re-rolled multiple times, that that's where the collection size can increase. Somebody can correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, also, Mario, can I bring yeah, in DB, a, another point when you finish yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, DB. Yeah, I heard part of what Henry was saying, and yeah, he's he's correct. There is a limit, but token IDs can also be the same. And I believe it was, I forget who was saying it, but the Pandora launched with 10,000 token IDs, and there's already over 30,000. And it, it removes the rarity factor, which is a, kind of an issue. I, Rand mentioned something about rarity playing a different role in the future. But this is one of the, the issues that's already been found with it, and... To be honest, like he said, it's it's a very experimental. Can I, can I, can I, sorry, can I, can I ask you, sorry if it's a dumb question, but can I ask you for, if there is, if every time you sell a token, the NFT or part of a token, the NFT gets burnt. But then when you get the token again, you get a newly minted NFT. 
So then the number should be the same because you burnt one, but then you got one. So it's still one net net. How's the collection increasing in size? I understand it's a newly minted NFT, but the other one got burned. The other one cannot be retrieved. Yeah, the, the ERC 404 is that, that number is still the same, but the token ID is what's different. The NFT is different. And this got is, it. again, super experimental. It's I've already seen a half a dozen different variations of this launched in just the past 48 hours. And I expect to see many more teams working on it. And it's it's actually kind of odd to see has there been so okay so so beyond so far this early on before hitting eip stage yeah so so is there any use case that makes sense at this point it's basically the fractionalization of it which we've discussed it's if you want to own a, which has existed before it does but the existing fractionalization of nfts was a mess a complete nightmare and it was functional on as an ERC-20, basically, and not, not as liquid as the, the current 404 standard, which is the... the, the, why, the isn't it, why isn't it not as liquid? You mean not as many people speculating in there? No, you, meaning you couldn't take it to OpenSea and sell it because it wasn't, uh, oh. it wasn't treated as both a token and an NFT. Um, Mario, can I can okay. I make a Naveen? point on 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 that because yeah, uh, because I, I think yeah. I agree with you a bit and and uh, you can see this is so new that a lot of us are just like well what's the point I kind of yeah Scott I can see I can see I can see Scott just went quiet he's like I'm not I'm not even gonna do this Mario he's like well, see, because it's be, gonna... because I, I this is because it's so dumb that it's giving me a fucking mind. <laughs> by the way I completely agree with you because this is this is what sometimes sucks. Uh, but is sometimes necessary in in the in Web three. It's like you get this new protocol. You have this um, you have this token that comes out, and you've got uh, you've got media doing articles. Don't, don't Henry, don't, Henry, just look, Scott, answer this question. Did you call CryptoKitties uh, dumb when they came out? Be honest. I don't even think I knew about CryptoKitties when they came out. Which uh, kind of hey, makes my hey, point. Mario. Anyway. So uh, go yeah, ahead, Henry. Yeah, but, Can I? No, I will say this, Mario. I agree that we need to like move fast and break things and try new stuff. I just think that it's utterly avoidable for anyone listening to this call until like four years from now when you prove it to me that it matters. Yeah. Fractionalization exists. I, 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 I disagree that fractionalization is, is funky or clunky. It exists. It's efficient. You have flooring protocol within CyberKongs. Uh, one of our community members created uh, WGK, which is a very liquid ERC-20 token, uh, which represents a Genesis Kong. So the, the standards exist. I don't think this really solves anything right now. Maybe somebody can do something cool with it in the future. Uh, but there actually is, Track had made a point and he said there hasn't been innovation uh, on, uh, on Ethereum. And I would argue to say, well, maybe it didn't hit the same hype cycle, but there are lots of projects that are building um, there are standards that have come out, like the ERC-721X that I guarantee most people aren't familiar with. It's two-factor authentication on-chain. People don't know about it because it doesn't hit the right influencers. But at the end of the day, there is progress. May, may I say something about that? Maybe um, the... the, the um... The the thing here is at, at least the, at the minimum at the minimum utility you could say, you know what you can use existing uh, ESC um, twenty infrastructure to trade NFTs like 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 uh, literally like the the, the, uh, the like an MVP like the like the the, the most atomic and basic thing you can't basically. but you can't you know? so you you could yeah. you could um, you could um, basically use Uniswap, right, to 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 trade actual NFTs mm. using the ERC twenty infrastructure. So and that, and and then of course from that there 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 can be a plethora of of utility and use cases deriving, right? But but as as like like as as the base of things, um, um, to to make it like understandable, right? What this solves is basically that because if if you're tra if you're trading um ERC seven to ones ERC eleven fifty fives you know like you're uh you, you're basically dependent on um on the usual uh, quote unquote suspects right open sea and and whatnot right and now you can basically use use um any other mm. ERC infrastructure to Makes do that sense. right so let, let, then then go, let, go ahead let, let me go let me go to Naveen as well he's just been waiting for a while track Naveen go ahead. Yeah, yes. and if, you, if you just think about yeah. that, right? So that's something yeah, just you can do. Just Naveen, go ahead. Um, yeah. So I, I Naveen, can you hear me? Can you hear? Hello, us? hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear. I can hear.
Oh, it's a, it's a glitch again. Let me bring you down. I think track dropped as well. And I mean, I just wrote you down, brought you up. Joe, what do you think of ERC 404? You probably go into it and now you're going to tell me you already own a bunch of uh, whatever that one the project we were talking about. All right. Can you hear me now? Pandora. 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 Uh, yeah, go ahead, okay. Naveen. Um, yeah. So I think, um, I think we're kind of looking at this a little myopically, to be honest. So I actually think that the concept of 404 kind of introduces like new types of collecting behavior. Like at the end of the day, <clears throat> I think there's like the financialization of all this stuff. And, you know, we tend to focus on that a lot. But at the end of the day, I think one of the coolest things about NFTs broadly is just, you know, new forms of collecting and enabling new forms of collecting behavior. So the way I see it is if um, if someone creates like a 404 collection and say you need to have a thousand tokens in order to have, you know, like uh, a minted NFT, that's aspirational. Like that's like a really cool concept for someone who's like new coming in. Let's pretend like it's something that people actually actually want, some sort of like digital you know, collectible, it could be some sort of trading card, in-game asset, you know, whatever the hell it is. And now you know that I need a thousand in order to get like base rarity. Um, and then, you know, you can imagine a world where it's like, okay, well, you need to have 2000 to have two of the NFTs. And then you could attest ownership to those two NFTs to create like a more rare thing, right? So you, you can imagine like at the end of the day, as you know, like a third of humans on earth like to collect something, like one thing or another. And the way that collecting is done, you know, in like traditional world is is very, um, you know, it's very like tried five, very old, you know, like moving things around is like a pain in the pain in the ass. But I think about my kids, like, you know, I have three young kids. I have an eight-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 13-year-old. And I think about their collecting behavior on, you know, platforms like Roblox or Minecraft or whatever it is. And I think about the future of, of standards like 404 or emerging standards like 404, where it's like, you know, my youngest son's like, oh, dad, you know, I just need to have a thousand of this and then I get the magical key. And it's like, oh, fuck, that's cool. Like, that's something that's like yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's, so so I, like I, I think I think the I like problem that. is like, again, we're, we tend to be very myopic. And then, you know, you have all these competing voices where it's like, well, it's not really a standard. It's like, well, dude, what the fuck is a real standard? These are permissionless systems. There, you know, you can have Vitalik blessed or not. It's irrelevant. It's like a permissionless thing. That's what makes it cool. Like that's part of what makes any of these protocols interesting is that they are permissionless. And then you have competing voices from different protocols. Like, oh, I want to see the same thing on Bitcoin. I want to see the same thing on Solana. At the end of the day, all I really care about is does it enable a new type of behavior or something that people already have? Like people are already aspirational. It's like, okay, if I collect 10 of these things, that puts me in a different level as a collector than someone else who only has five of those things. And 404 essentially formalizes that. It's a better way, George. It seems like a better way to fractionalize NFTs. It, it goes further than that, Mario. Like I, I don't know if you know, but I, I helped launch Tokyo on AVEX, which is the leading NFT collection there. More trading volume than Azuki in a really short period. And the reason why we were looking at the 721 um, was because we kind of created the NFT collection like a think tank. And we were licensing the idea that came from the think tank and paying the holders royalties for, for ideas that we actually launched. And we wanted to tie that in to the actual NFT and then we thought, okay, you can tie a lot more things like proof of presence. So prove that you were in the think tank inside the NFT. 4.4 just takes it another step further where you can kind of mix the traditional standard with that, with the 721, which makes things a lot easier. Plus you can split up the contract. It, it just, there's use cases that are come that are going to come from it. Of course, right now, I believe it's hyped. Um we need to start to see how people actually execute on it beyond just fractionalization. That's the easy one. But there's other ways, like the way I just told you now, of tying in a contract, a royalty contract into the NFT, where you can actually see the contract and sell the contract when you sell the NFT along with it. So there's going to be more use cases. I heard an old use case. I think Rand was part of the conversation where um, you could tie it into SaaS companies where it's actually ownership of the software and you sell the ownership of, of your software with that nft that would re also require a contract there's there's just a lot more things that can be done with it and i, I think it needs to evolve beyond PSP. i think we haven't i think we all agree there i think we i think what happens is we've created a new technology but we haven't given enough time for people to understand how this new technology is going to work we can we can off the top of our heads imagine one or two small applications but i think you think about 
like a year from now, two years from now, when some of the smartest minds in the space have had time to work out how to fix real problems in finance, and that's when we're going to get it. I think the downside here is, as investors, you can't invest into the new technology. So, like, you can buy collections, but the truth is, PFP collections, honestly, like, that's, that's a game, and that's not really what I'm looking to invest in. I'm looking to invest in protocols that will use this technology to change the world. Um, and I, I think that that's the part where, where, where I'm looking for entry. So I, I think that that's still months and months and months away. But um, yeah, I think that that's, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, the framework for innovations there. Yeah, this oh, um, the so just seems, so just two seconds. I just, I, I had to, so essentially, Ryan, you made a really good point. It's like there's the reason that you have like all these collections, like ERC-404 as a, as a technology makes a lot of sense. But us in crypto, we just got to find a way to make money off it. And since you cannot invest in ERC-404 as a protocol, <laughs> you just get these projects launching on it with some dumb use cases. And they pump because the technology makes a lot of sense, even though those projects make no sense. So, so it's like we're trying to find a way to squeeze money out of every single innovation that comes out. Um, and, and this is just another example of that. Uh, would you agree, Joe? Yeah. I mean, I think Rand summed that up nicely. You can't, the framework is there for innovation, but the innovation isn't there. So you can't invest in a framework. You can only invest in the innovation. Um, and people are just Exactly. And there's no innovation. There's no, there's no innovation there. So we just get a bunch of PFPs launching on there. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the same, same, uh, same story. Different Guys, type. Bitcoin is yeah, almost Jason? at 50K. Holy shit, yep. really? Yeah. What's it at, Scott? Uh, last I checked, it was 49.7. I can step in front of my screen. But 49,942. 49,942. It's, it, it's there. So would you, someone, oh, did you see, hold on, did you see it 50K? It, it broke a major Fibonacci. So it's... Uh, Looks like we're going into a new channel. So someone in our team, in the, in the back channels, the team wrote, uh, as you guys were doing the space, my team's like, guys, uh, if Bitcoin breaks 50K, um, altcoins will, 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 will follow. Uh, we'll get altcoin season and they'll start blowing up as well. That's literally what Again, I'm, I'm the show. worst at speculating these things. Oh. Right, you must just listen to my well, show. I mean, that's a classic cycle. You know, Bitcoin it. makes its move, it chills. Yeah. Yeah, Bitcoin will go up, chill. And then uh, the liquidity will flow right into all coins. It's at 50,000, 49,99999 right now by what I'm seeing. Which exchange? 0.99. Literally, my screen said 49,999.99. Which exchange are you looking at, Scott? Uh, Coinbase. I'm looking at TradingView and it's at 50,800. Which, but then you're looking at, you're looking um, at a different oh, no. oh, no, no, features no. on some exchange. You no, must no, be no, looking no, at it no, in, no, in no, some no. other currency, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on. No, I look at Binance but to true USD. I <laughs> don't know why it came up with true USD. <laughs> so, so let me get uh, uh, USD. That's Justin Sun pricing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly, exactly. I don't know why it came up with true USD. Um, yeah, okay, look, I don't, I don't, I don't have the chart open. Where's I mean, we can pretty much say it's 50,000. Can we please carry on with the conversation? <laughs> you guys are, you guys are. No, I want to, I want to move on. I want to move away. I want to move away from the ERC 404 that we'll cover that well. I was going to do a market update. What you'd see, my question would be, unless you want to go back to the ERC 404, because we've just discussed it pretty well. We know what the tech is. Mario, can I, make, a bunch of PFPs are going to can I make yeah, one more point about ERC 404? It, okay. Yes. There is actually an exploit in the ERC 404, and I've heard really nobody talking about this, but a highly, highly regarded uh, Ethereum dev. This is a guy who you want his stamp of approval on uh, your token standard, on your contract. His name is OX Quit. He works for Yuga Labs at this point now. There is an exploit in the ERC-404 that actually lets you steal someone's NFT. So in his words, it's not a maybe, it's not an if. He said he fully expects that to happen. Uh, I'm worried about people's Pandora bags here. So OX quit and he's got a like kind of a dream team they assembled just over the weekend. They're creating a new standard called the DN404. So I want to put that out there. You guys got to look into that. Um, they're not doing a project. They're just releasing the code. But I think the ERC404 is not the standard that's going to move forward. I kind of think it's going to be their DN404. I can send you that, twink of, uh, that tweet if somebody wants to pin that. 
Yeah, you can put it at the top if you like. I just did. It's um, up there now. But just, just Ryan, Ryan, on your on your video talking about what happens when we hit fifty k. Um, so, what do you expect to see, and what do you expect think, Bitcoin do in the next few weeks? I think two things happen when we hit fifty k. One is, I think there's going to be a lot of talk about Bitcoin. Bitcoin breaks fifty k, uh, and then you know the, you can already see the, the mainstream media this morning started covering the Bitcoin run and the Bitcoin run. It's one of the main stories on CNBC. So, I mean, I was you know I spent some time with the mainstream media uh, in my youth, and um, I know that the mainstream media are late because they wait for moves before they announce the headlines. And then they, you know, they catch the, the headlines and the headlines usually happen once in finance, the headlines usually happen once the move has already happened. And so I, I guess that what, what's going to start happening is we will get a lot of news headlines around, um, around Bitcoin breaks 50 K. Now, the thing is when, when that happens, I think a lot of these boomers who watch tradition, who watch uh, traditional media, um, and I usually tradfi people will start to ape into uh, the Bitcoin uh, ETF because they haven't been able to up until now. And now they will. So I think it'd actually be an accelerated rally, right? So I think the, 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 once we break 50K, we actually could get an accelerated rally. The second thing is that I think altcoins are going to have a massive catch up. And I think, that, I think basically we're getting into the next phase of the bull market where we get accelerated rallies in Bitcoin and then we get altcoin rallies. So. That's, that's pretty much what my thesis was during my first. I just didn't think it would happen so quickly because um, I thought that we'd need, like, I, I didn't think we'd break that 48,000 very quickly, but it seems like we did. But look at dominance, Ran. Dominance has been spiking up the last couple of days, which is where a lot of this is coming from. Yeah. I mean, dominance has been spiking up because Bitcoin's been going up and altcoins haven't been going up accordingly. But we know that dominance is going to catch up. It happens every single bull market. It's the same thing. It's you get the Bitcoin pump, the dominance spikes, and then bang, we go back down. Um, I mean, it's pretty much inevitable now. Uh, as a betting man, what I've done is all my chips are on all the altcoins, and I'm just waiting patiently. Yeah, there are worse things than altcoins just trading sideways against the dollar, which is all that's happening here with Bitcoin dominance rising. It's not like altcoins are dumping. They are if you're trading on Bitcoin pairs, but otherwise, just sit here and wait. Yeah, also, don't forget like the, the fact that, the fact that Bitcoin, the dominance is rising means that the total Bitcoin market is rising quicker than the top 100 altcoins. But the actual individual prices of the altcoins are running much more than the amount. I mean, I don't have any like any of my major altcoins that have moved, uh, like that haven't moved as much as Bitcoin today. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I mean, Bitcoin's the only up three point six percent. You got Beam up seventeen percent. You got Mina, which I spoke about on my show today, up eleven percent. Immutable X up eight point five eight percent. Like even the smallest altcoins, Arbitrum's up three percent, which is more or less where Bitcoin's up today. Like most of the major altcoins are up the same amount as Bitcoin. I'm going to give a plug to one of our products here. Um, Banter Bubbles actually shows you bubbles with the size of the price moves. And like I'm, I'm looking at the price moves now. It's banterbubbles.com. It's also available on the App Store. The new I'm one is at, awesome, by the way. Looks great. It's fast. Yeah, it's very cool, the new one. Um, thanks, Scott. But if you look at the bubbles, like Bitcoin is one of the smallest bubbles today. Beam is the biggest. Optimism is the second. Or Mina is the second biggest then stacks, then optimism. So, I mean, yeah, you could say, oh, wow, Bitcoin's running and Dominance running. Yeah, but most of the altcoins have got bigger bubbles than Bitcoin today. Mario, you were about to jump in. Yeah, Naveen. Sorry, my, my, Naveen, my raised hand is a legacy raised hand. We've moved on now, and now we're talking about macro market shit. And all I have to say about macro market stuff is um, I, I think Bitcoin goes way higher. I think everyone probably agrees with that over, like, you know, short to medium term. I think on the... How long... Uh, yeah, so go finish. I have a question afterwards for Ron, Ryan and Scott about how long it is for, for an all-time high. But to finish off... Maybe, yeah, sorry. yeah, no, no, no problem. And then on the alt side of the fence, you know, I think that um, the market is essentially trying to find, um, you know, like what are the sustainable narratives? You know, so every every cycle we have different metas and the metas, uh, some metas like really take off and become like a huge deal and others kind of like peter out. And so where I think we are is, you know, you have 
you know, a, a lot of interesting sort of Ethereum-oriented metas um, around L2s and, you know, all of that. Um, you know, things like Farcaster and whatever else is going on in the Ethereum universe. You have interesting metas in the Solana universe. You have all kinds of interesting metas around security model, things like Eigenlayer and, you know, restaking and all these sorts of things. Um, and then I think you also have, believe it or not, like re-emergent proof-of-work metas um, that are also very interesting because I think there's lots of people in the community who have a lot of concern about proof-of-stake. You know, so I, I'm, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, this cycle, like what are the metas and narratives that actually take hold as it relates to alts. Um, and that it's going to be fascinating as hell. So that's my commentary on the market. So, so Ryan Scott, when do you think we'll hit new all-time highs? Uh, I'd still be surprised if that happened anytime in the uh, near to midterm. Honestly, I think that uh, that should be a, you know, fall maybe uh, post having six to eight months, but nothing would surprise me at this point. Honestly, it's not a prediction. Uh, the CTFs have sort of changed the game, but uh, I, I don't see a new all-time high coming quite yet. Ryan? Cool, great feedback. Um, I think this is it. Joa, any, any final thoughts on this? 57.5, I think, is the next one, if you look at the channel. Um, well, you, you and Ryan were very insightful. Appreciate it. It was a great way to end the show. Ryan, you're unmuted. Anything to add? Cool. I agree with Check out Banter Bubbles. Well, I think Ryan just said check out Banter Bubbles. It will hit all time highs next week. Check out Banter Bubbles. <laughs> this, is not, this is what Ryan just said. Ryan, let me talk. Ryan, let me talk. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear Yes. Now yes. uh, uh, you can hear me. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't let me talk. What was the question, sir? Um, new all time highs. Last question for the show. I can't hear again. New all time. Tell him, Scott, maybe he can hear you. He wants to know when you think we'll hit a new all time high, Ryan. Um, I think before the end of the year. And ask him how 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 cool is banter bubbles? Mario would like me to ask you how cool are banter bubbles and why. Are you, are you actually being serious? Yeah, Mario is directing questions to me to direct to you because apparently you can't hear him. But it's yeah, I, I, I can't hear him. Go, go and download the app Banter Bubbles, or go and watch, look it up on banterbubbles.com. <laughs> Mario, yeah, I think it's one of the most powerful. Trends. Mario, I thought Mario was about to do the old, but I realized he doesn't have control. I thought he was going to do the thing we used to do at the beginning of the show, where you say a question and then you rub <laughs> no, call the person, but he doesn't have control to end the spaces. But those were the no, days, man. man. Those no, were the days. It almost, no, <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. that Ryan just gives us an attitude. Yeah, I listen, I'm, I'm only like, hearing you. Is that, is that like what I should? Honestly, do? it's probably yeah, better for your is, life. I would say that if you went to a psychiatrist, <laughs> like three out of four of them would say that's good for you. Nasya, uh, end the show. We're ending it. Uh, yeah, thanks, everyone. Guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> bye, guys. Nasya, you can end the show, please.